welcome back to Sort of Green, episode five. Sort of Green is a podcast to ease into being better for the planet. I've talked to some of the friends of the pod, happens to be named Melissa too. She said, well, you know, I'm a little advanced for some of your topics. You know, no problem. I'm trying to make it easy for people to start being more thoughtful about their choices. Maybe you're already into it. Share your tips with me. I'm constantly learning new things too. And that's why I'm trying to keep to one topic per podcast. So if it's a sort of green about deodorants and you're good on that, skip it. I know that's not how you grow a podcast telling someone to skip it, but you can catch the next one or listen to it and then message me on Facebook or Instagram with a, okay, but have you tried this product or this tip? So then I can pass it along too. Oh, we start the show with good news because there's always bad news about the environment and about the planet. So let's go into some good news. I love science. I mean, not doing it myself or anything because I'm not smart enough for that, but I love the people who are smart enough to do the smart sciencey things, like the researchers who used a widespread species of blue-green algae to power a microprocessor continuously for a year and counting using nothing but ambient light and water. It's about the size of a double A battery and contains a type of non-toxic algae that naturally harvests energy from the sun through photosynthesis. The tiny electrical currents interact with an aluminum electrode and is used to power a microprocessor. It's made out of common, inexpensive, highly recyclable materials. There's lots of other science to it. And they said it's not really going to power the big stuff, right? This is for the small, off-the-grid stuff where it's really hard to get energy and it's really hard to get power. But maybe after it helps with that small, off-the-grid stuff, Even more smart people could look into it, and it could help us with the big stuff. We got a two-minute tip. Mason jars. We all have them. You got flowers in one one time, a keepsake from a wedding that was your glass for the night, or you actually can things, but the lids went rusty. In any of those situations, you have the jars, but not the lids. Mm. Unless you have a jar of peanut butter laying around or mayonnaise, Parmesan cheese. Once you're done using those, wash it out and the plastic lids will fit on a glass mason jar. Of course, different size lids will work with different size jars. But I was so pumped to find a way to actually use like the 15 mason jars I have that didn't have any lids. Um, Thinking about it, though. If you do have the lids and they're kind of rusty and you're like, "Ah, I'm not going to use that. I looked up a way to take care of mason jar lids if they have the rust on them. To remove the rust this way, you'll just need to take a clean cloth, soak it with distilled white vinegar, and then use the damp vinegar rag to rub and scrub away any rust and sometimes those orange streaks too. It'll get those out. Once you've really sufficiently just worked the lid and the rings around with a rag, Um, Use a sponge and warm, soapy water to wash the rings and the lids by hand. And, of course, keeping them dry because that's probably how the rust got there in the first place. And boom, 
you can use those mason jars as storage again. Ah, Sorta Green, episode five, the main chat. It's Melissa, by the way. Have I said that yet? Thanks for taking this time to listen and try and be a little better for the planet. Uh, I'm excited to have a guest, a guest on the podcast today. It's been a while. I got to know, have you been to the library? I could go on and on about why I love libraries. I like reading. My kids like reading. And I don't want to tell people, like, stop getting us books. They're at the library. We could bring them back after we borrow them. But, I mean, you could. I've seen so many cool things at the library, but I thought I should probably talk to someone who knows all the cool things. Naturally, a librarian. Let's listen to that conversation. Hey, how exciting. Thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. You are very welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I'm with Jill Fuller. We're at the Menominee Falls Public Library right now, but Jill is part of the Bridges Library System. Could you give me your exact title and like a snippet about what you do for the library? Absolutely, yeah. So I am the Marketing and Communications Librarian. So the Bridges Library System serves 24 libraries in Waukesha and Jefferson counties. So we serve and support them, help them do everything that they do for their communities and so I do the marketing and communications. I help consult and help them with their marketing and their communications. So yeah. We don't know exactly where you're listening but we're in southeast Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and so that's just two different counties in the Bridges Library system. Do you know, is it common for libraries to band together to share their resources in that kind of way? Is that common across the country? Uh, It depends. In Wisconsin, it's common. We have 16 library systems, and every library in the state is part of a system. So in different states, it's different setups. So Mm -hmm. every state is going to have a different kind of thing that they have. But in Wisconsin, it's pretty common. And it's great to just have the wealth and collectivity of all of the different collections, not only of books, but what we're going to talk about today. Sharing. Yeah, it just means that you get to share more stuff, share more resources. There's just more available to everybody. It's wonderful. It's a great, great way to do it. Something that I noticed today when I was waiting to get in, uh, by the way, we saved a bird this morning, so we'll have to talk about that. (laughs) That was fun. It was not on the plan, but we saved two different birds this morning. We're being very eco-friendly and very just nature-friendly this morning. Like we just started off on the right foot or the right wing. (laughs) And we're sitting outside in nature. We got birds. Maybe that bird will come back around and thank us. I don't know. But there were seven different people waiting for the library to open when I got here this morning. And they were all different. They were all different people in libraries you know, I have two young children at home. So like immediately I'm like, sweet libraries, tons of stuff to do. Mm -hmm. But libraries are so good at all ages and Mm -hmm. appealing to so many people. Has it always been that way? Because you know, you lose track, some people, you lose track of libraries in like your 20s because you're doing weird grown up things. (laughs) Right. There's lots going on. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I think it just really depends, but it does. I think it fluctuates. It come, you come and you go. Libraries, the great thing about the fact that libraries offer so many different things, it's always there for you no matter what your life stage is. And I've heard that from lots of people is that, you know, they're, they use the library a lot, maybe 
when they've got small kids and then they don't for a little while and then they're back when their, their kids have you know flown the nest you know to use sure. the pond you know and then and then they're there for for other reasons and they're meeting friends and they're doing other things you know so I think that's just kind of the what the library is there for it's the it's it's a center of the community and it's there for people whenever they need it and and because libraries offer so many things it, it can be there for you whenever you do need it and and so yeah people come and go or people are there all the time and you know in whatever capacity and so. it's free and it's free yeah and so it's free. That's just the cherry on on the cake in case someone is not really aware or hasn't been it's been a long time to get a library card you just need like a license what do you what do you need to get a library card yeah well for every library it's different mm -hmm. uh, what they it just depends but basically you just have to uh, show proof of residence that you live in the area where you want to get your library card um, so and if you don't um, sometimes you have to pay a small fee so like for example in this area if you if you live uh, outside of this area and you want to get a library card here you know you may have to just pay something small uh, for for the year um, but otherwise yeah you just have to to show that you live in the town or the village or the municipality in which you want to get your card. Mm -hmm. And kids can get library cards with their parents uh, uh, to a certain point, right? Not a two-year-old, but maybe a six-year-old, Yeah, well, some libraries will let you, you know, some babies can get library cards. Some libraries will do that. Some libraries will, you know, yeah, maybe at four years old or something like that. So each library is different how they do it, but yeah. So it's good that we can have so many ages because what we're going to talk about a little bit is the library of things we have going on. I was so impressed. And in this particular library, which I spend a decent amount of time, they just built a whole new room called the Forge. Mm -hmm. And we were in there. There's lots of crafting in there. But there's a sewing machine in yep. there. Yeah. And there's two sewing machines and all of the, the things that you need for a sewing machine. And, you know, we're, it's important we want to take care of our clothes, but how do we fix them? How do we do that? Mm -hmm. So that, I know you had said, one of the libraries, you can rent a kayak. It's mm -hmm. not just books, magazines, movies, music. It's so much more. Like, tell me, give me an example of your three favorite unknown, unfamiliar things that you can use or check out from a library. Sure. Well, I mean, books are still the most popular of thing, course. of course. But yeah, it is really true is that libraries, basically our mission is that we provide access, access to information, access to stuff, access to just whatever people need. And so really what that comes down to is if people need a kayak, if people need a sewing machine, then a library is going to try to provide access to that. And so that's why this stuff is baked into our mission. We aren't just going off the rails here. This is still part of a library's mission. Uh, so I would say that my three top favorite ones. Some of our libraries offer um, American Girl dolls that kids can check out. What? With the clothes and the... Yeah, because you know what? Those are expensive. Yeah. And those are hard for families to be able to afford. And it is really fun for kids to be able to just take those home for a week, have adventures with those dolls. Um, the kids will come back and tell stories about like what they did with their doll that week. And so it is just... It is heartwarming That's to hear incredible. that. incredible. Yep. So that is the Dwight Foster Library in Fort Atkinson 
the Watertown Public Library. I know those are two of our libraries in our system for sure that, that offer those. And they have huge collections of them. So there's a lot of different ones that kids can choose from. That's so amazing. Yeah. Because you also, do you have children yourself? I do. Mm-hmm. So you know that the toys, they build yeah, up they and do. they are all over the place. And you yeah. can have something amazing as an American Girl doll. Bring it back. Oh, yeah. I yep. didn't know that. Yeah. That's, that's, so, that's so one great. of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. The other one I really love is the snowshoes. A lot of our libraries offer snowshoes for checkout. And that's something too where it's seasonal, so you may not need it all the time. And it, you know, takes up space maybe at home. Or you're not sure if you even want like snowshoeing. So right. Before you go out and buy that, you want to try it out. So getting it from the library is, is awesome. It's a really great way to do that. So I actually was talking to someone who they were going to go up north, you know, around Thanksgiving one year. So she got the snowshoes for her and her family. They got a couple of pairs because we have different size pairs. Um, so again, a lot of our libraries offer that. So she was she went with her family and they said they had just a blast. And they were like, I think we're going to get snowshoes now. So they went and tried it. They really liked it. And so that's going to be something that they're going to do as a family now. They're going to get out. They're going to do that recreational activity. And they started because it was available at the library. Mm-hmm. I don't so. even know what to say. Like, you basically <laughs> said it all. You get to try these things before you buy them. You're not wasting your money. Right. You're not buying a brand new thing and then going, and then throwing oh, it I away don't like or, this. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's going okay. to waste. Yeah. Something clearly for kids. I mean, I guess an adult could check out a American Girl doll, but yep. something clearly for kids. Yeah. Something for really the whole family because they have different sizes, yes. kids to adults. I've never yes. snowshoed mm-hmm. before. Yeah, they have different sizes. Yeah, and I would say then my other, it's hard to pick because there's so sure. many great things that sure. people can check out and take home from libraries. But the other one that I really love are the seed libraries. Yes. And so we have those at the Dwight Foster Public Library in Fort Atkinson, the McGuanagoe Library. This library. This library, yeah. the Watertown Public Library. There's quite a few, again, who have seed libraries. And this is something where again encouraging people you can plant you can grow things you know um they're available seeds can get expensive Mm -hmm. again you know Mm -hmm. they add up um and if you want good quality seeds you don't have to order them from some catalog somewhere you can get them from the library take them home and they're just available for you just come and uh, you know pick out your garden for the season for the spring i love those ideas yeah Yeah. all of those are amazing plus so many more um yeah so i do wonder when people come to check out certain library things maybe like a snowshoe Mm -hmm. maybe they're want to use a sewing machine Mm -hmm. are there people around that might be able to help like okay i've got this sewing machine how do i use it what do i do with it now Sure. So the sewing machines and those types of equipments are usually part of the a library that has a maker space. Those aren't really available for checkout. Those are in use or in library use only. So some of the libraries, they're open only by appointment only, or if you've been trained on it, you can go in and, and use it by appointment, or there's programming around it. So the library will have, will host program nights, and then you go in and you learn how to use it. Others have it available, like the Waukesha Library has it uh, available certain um, hours of the day where the, the maker space is open. You can go in and then it's staffed or there's staff there to help or um, you can there are some where it is just open and but you have to show that you've been trained on it already so it's best to check with the library on that one because some things you know if you already know how to use it you can just go in and use it you can show that you've been trained on it. others you may need to a little training on it or to attend a program to learn how to use it but that's the great thing is that with these maker spaces there's so much programming around it so 
if these um, spaces are available in the library, we're using them in the library for programming to teach people how to use it, teach people how to make and create using these things. You know, there's the sewing machines, there's also 3D printers, Cricut yes. makers, and laser engravers. You know, so the whole idea is to allow people to use their hands, learn how to make things, not just purchase things, not just buy things, but also make things with your hands, learn how to use those skills, develop those skills. Um, you know, that talking about being green and talking about, you know, really learning how to, how to you know, kind of go back to those basics. You know, that's kind of those skills that we're really developing at the library with those maker spaces. Any of those libraries that have that, people can check their event calendars and see what kinds of programs are coming up. And there's going to be trained people there then teaching and, and working with them. So, I mean, there's, you know, everything from how to sew a pillow. That's, you know, there'll be a, a program about that. And then that's how you're learning how to use the sewing machine mm -hmm. or how to, you know, you're making something with the 3D printer and then you've learned how to use the 3D printer, you know, and then you can go in and use it, you know, on your own time after that. I know no one can see us right now, <laughs> but I'm just so heartwarmed by that. Like, know, not like, only oh. will they give you the things, they'll give you the knowledge of yes. how to use the things. That's yeah. so great because like YouTube tutorials are great, but you can't pause a YouTube tutorial and ask them a question. Right. Like, wait a minute. Right. You can type it and get a comment maybe a week later, but you can right. have a real person who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And then like, not only are you getting the knowledge, but you're forming a bond with someone and who knows, like if you could help them down the road and then right. it's community. Ah! It is. It's all the things. So it's, again, it goes back to that. The library's mission is access, right? So where it's access to the knowledge, it's access to the stuff. It's access to community. You're building, you know, when you're in a room with a bunch of people and you guys are all making something together, like that does something that creates, that fosters those bonds, like you're saying. So all of that stuff is something that a library can create and, and forge, you know, the Menominee sure, Falls Public Library sure. created that, that, that term for their makerspace. It's a forge. You're forging a lot of different things and you're creating all of these connections. Um, so that's something that, you know, that you get with, with these makerspace areas. Areas, and also with the, with these collections that then you can take home too and and use and and then creating these bonds and these connections and doing these things at home as well um, you know one of the things that uh, a lot of our libraries have as part of the library things collections are board games mm. again board games expensive um, they can be space. they take up space um, if you're not sure you like it or whatever you know but again forging those connections those bonds Board gaming can really do that. You know, we're a big board gaming family at my house. We love our board games. That's something that we love to do. Those are types of things where the libraries are offering that access, offering those opportunities. You know, here's something that you can do as a family. Here's something that, you know, a new thing that you can try. Um, so, you know, developing that, offering those opportunities, that's something that we continue to strive to do in any way that we can. And all different abilities and levels of, of families too. I like noticed that there were sensory bags mm -hmm. um, for uh, you would assume different types of children yes. or and maybe adults, maybe Absolutely. adults as well. Different abilities. We, we try to be as inclusive as possible and we're continuing to learn. Yeah. You know, librarians are always working to learn more. We attend con continuing education classes and webinars and workshops, always trying to learn how can we make story time more inclusive? How can we do, uh, you know, we do memory cafes for people with memory loss and their mm. caregivers. There's specific programs just for that group because they need, they have different needs and, and need different programs than other adults um, and, and we're still learning we're still growing in that as mm -hmm. well as a profession and, and, and as a staff so like I, I don't know if I can honestly say could libraries do a little bit more because <laughs> they do amazing things but do you have 
eco-friendly classes for kids, for adults who want to know about nature, about composting, about fixing things. I mean, Mm -hmm. naturally you said like you're teaching to use the, use a sewing machine, but are there other um, nature-based, outdoor-based, climate-based programming? Oh, sure. So I would say check the, your library's mm-hmm. events calendar. But I would mm-hmm. say off the top of my head, um, you know, we have like the Pewaukee and Delafield libraries do like walking clubs for adults where they go on walks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say the Muskego Public Library has a beautiful community garden that they just put in. And the patrons in the community uh, volunteer their time and donate plants. And last year they donated so many vegetables to the Muskego Food Pantry. It was incredible the amount of vegetables that they grew, that they donated. And that was something that they did story times out there. The kids got involved. Everyone learned how to grow those vegetables. It was so cool. The Butler Public Library has one as well. They do story times out in their community garden and the kids get involved. It's very, very cool to see. There are a lot of programs. Um, green, like the green cleaning, soap making programs, you know, where they we have, okay. uh, you know, presenters come and, and talk about those things those tend to be very popular at libraries so I would say just check with your you know your local library see what's on their events calendar especially this time of year you know now that things are getting warmer there's going to be more outdoor story times for kids there's going to be more um, you know these kinds of green topics that are coming up Um, but yes this this is a very it's a very popular topic for a lot of people so as with anything you know libraries we try to offer things that are popular for people that are of interest so yeah I would definitely just check events calendars and see what's coming up. Ah, I love it. Uh, The last question before we say goodbye and wrap it up here is that there's plenty of people who have lots of things that they realize they don't need anymore. And Mm -hmm. constantly I'm like, "Hmm, I haven't done this puzzle. I haven't done this puzzle in a year. Maybe I should just bring it to the puzzle swap at the library. Give kind of a general overview about if you want to donate to a library. Obviously, we want things to be in decent condition. Yes. They don't have to be 100% perfect. They don't have to be brand new. But they want to be in good condition. Not they moldy. They want to be clean. <laughs> right. But uh, if you're thinking, oh, like another one that was really good, a baking pan. Mm, yes. Uh, so many libraries, you can do different baking pans if you're making cakes or cupcakes or whatever. You don't have that available to you because you're not a big baker. Go to the library, check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to donate those things, like what's an overview on how to do that, what they will take. I know you can't get into specifics, but basically if you're donating, um, you know, general items like books, movies, magazines, those types of general things, you can bring them in at any time, you know, come to the front desk. Don't put them in the book drop <laughs> because that's where uh, the library items go. <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> where we've, we've got a lot of sorting to do. Yeah. If it's a big, you know, if you've got boxes and boxes of things, talk to your library uh, and see if you can schedule a drop off time because mm-hmm. then there, someone is there to actually receive those items. But if you've just got, you know, maybe like half a box of stuff, you know, a couple of items, you can just bring that in anytime generally. Um, If you've got other things that you're interested in donating, you know, like these types of things we've been talking about, I would talk to your library staff, see if they actually have these collections already, um, or if they're interested in starting collections. A lot of times libraries are interested in starting these types of collections, but, you know, maybe haven't had the funds to get this going or haven't had anyone who has donated them. I know of a library who um, got a big uh, donation of Legos and they were able to start a Lego club. Yay! Yeah, it was great. 
and now they have a Lego club, uh, you know, every other week for the kids, and it's been great. But they weren't able to do that because Legos are expensive, and the mm-hmm. library was not able to purchase those, but someone donated them. So, you know, talk to your library. If you've got something that you think would be really cool, talk to them. They might not be able to use them, but it just might be something that they can use for programming or even for reselling in their book sale or something that they could start putting on the shelves for their own collections. You never know. Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love chatting with you. Yeah, so the, um, again, this is the Bridges Library System. Give me a website where people can get information on the Bridges Library System. Absolutely. So that is bridgeslibrarysystem.org. Easy. Yes. This is very easy. And <laughs> because we're a relatively new podcast... And you're helping mm-hmm. me on my podcast, so we might as well talk about yours. Everyone's got a podcast oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me a little, shout out that podcast, girl. It's a little oh, minute on sure. your podcast. Sure. Well, that's this is my own personal podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, sure. So it's called Let Genius Burn. It is Ooh. a podcast about uh, Louise Mailcott, the life and legacy of Louise Mailcott. I'm a librarian. Sure. You know, so I'm all about books and literature. So um, I'm uh, in my spare time, my downtime, I'm an amateur researcher and, and, and scholar on uh, Louise Mailcott. So I do a lot with uh, or house out in Concord, Massachusetts, and so I do a podcast where we uh, talk with scholars and researchers and people who work at Orchard House, so if you're interested in Louisa May Alcott, Little Women, you can go check out Let Genius Burn. <laughs> you know what, thank you for saying that, because I was just sitting here going... I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Who is Louisa May Alcott? She uh, she wrote Little Women. There you go. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I couldn't have conveyed that as well as she did ever. Go to your library and see what you can do, get, learn. And we really did help that baby Robin that fell from the nest. I've got video proof, sorta dot green on Instagram if you'd like to see those cute little babies. Is there anything librarians can't do? You already use your library. You want to go a step farther? Donate to the library. If you haven't used it in a year, like ask your library if they could use it. Or if you know how to sew, garden, compost, whatever, teach a class at the library. Whoa, that'd be way more than sort of green. Things I do that aren't so green. Because I want to be honest, I'm not perfect and... I am not green all the time. I do a lot of um, stress cleaning. And in that stress cleaning and stress purging of my things, they don't always go to the proper place they should go to. Um, At work, I know they don't do a great job of recycling at work. So usually I bring home my papers or my cans and I dispose of them properly at work. But if I'm stressed and I just got to get out of work, everything goes in the garbage. Absolutely everything. Does that happen every day? but I bet it might happen once a month and it's okay it's okay if for the majority of the month you're doing all of the extra things that kind of help plan it out but you have a really stressful day no one's perfect no one's blaming you it's fine next week it's the pits and it stinks Thank you for listening uh, to Sorta Green. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. I post every episode on the Facebook page, Sorta Green, on Instagram, Sorta.Green. I just want to be available for you to listen whenever you can. And if you could help by telling a friend about it, sharing 
subscribing, the stars and the ratings, all of those things help too. You can subscribe on all of those platforms if you want to, but that does seem a little much. It seems actually kind of ungreen. I'm Melissa. Have a great week.